You're listening to Dr. Leslie from Dr. Leslie Inspires, where we empower mothers by raising their level of awareness, discussing tough mother-son issues that everyone knows exists, but no one is talking about. Learn more about us by visiting our website at www.drlesleyinspires.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Leslie. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to our show today, where we love to empower, inspire, and encourage mothers just like you. And so we have a guest today, Miss Talise Jackson. And so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make sure we start in prayer. Actually, Mr. Wayne, can you go ahead and start us off in prayer, please? Yes. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, thanking you once again for your time and for the principles that you're going to bestow upon us during this call. We ask you a bless Ms. Talese Jackson and Dr. Leslie and myself as we minister to one another in principle and through your encouragement centered in your word. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Wayne. Thank you. And so... You know, uh, Talise, I just want to get right after it because she is a longtime uh, friend and follower and participant of Dr. Leslie Inspire. So we are very honored to have her today. Uh, Ms. Talise is the mother of four children, three grown boys and a half grown daughter. And she is also an educator who lives out in New Jersey, the New Jersey area. And she's actually teacher of the year this year. So we've got a master educator on the uh, horizon with us on today. So Ms. Talise, before we get started, can you say hello to your listeners? Hello, hello. Thank you for listening and thank you, Dr. Leslie. And Mr. Wayne for inviting me. I'm honored as always to uh, be considered um, just to have conversation. Amen. Passionate about. Yes. And the thing is, um, I want you to speak candidly as you always do. I always love listening to what you have to say because you, uh, like some of the other people that we've interviewed, you're really very candid and honest about things that you have gone through. And I know you are working on a book, where, which that's going to be a different podcast because we've got to get that going. But, you know, talking about, you know, some decision making that uh, you have made as a woman, as a mother, uh, as a daughter, and how that has actually transformed your life. But I want to go ahead and get started by just asking you to tell us a little bit about your family of four boys and three girls. You know, we talk about mother-son relationships, so we're really interested in your relationship with the three sons and how that has transformed over the years and how... Uh, some of the challenges that you may have encountered, some of the successes and triumphs. So just, you know, without further ado, just 
give us, just give it to us. Well, I have three sons and I have a daughter. Uh, my sons are all young adults. My oldest is 30. My uh, middle one is 25 and the youngest one is 23. Um, just a little bit of background about each one of them. The oldest, he graduated from high school and he just started work and he, he tried college, but that's not really what he, what he wanted to do. He was kind of following after his best friend whose mother insisted that he go to college and he never finished and my son never really went. Um, my middle son, he um, he's 25, he's married, he just had his first son. He attended a, um, a boarding school, a private uh, boarding school and then he went on to college and got his bachelor's degree and got a job teaching and they paid for him to get a master's degree. And his, his bachelor's was in art, it wasn't in teaching. So that so that's his life right now. Um, he, him and his wife, they both finished with their master's degree. Um, then my youngest son, um, Christian, he is 23. Um, he, he finished high school. He is the one who, um, I, uh, he, he was my more challenging son, very are in their own ways, but he was the challenging one in terms of from the time he was in school until out of school, he, uh, it was just always something with him. I always found myself having to address some type of an issue. Um, right now, um, they, uh, they're doing, you know, they're doing well. Um, well enough anyway um the, the youngest one he works he uh likes to perform music he writes he um he sings and he uh, manages a um a lead safe uh business with his cousin um and then the oldest one the 30 year old he is he spent this year during the pandemic he spent this year um discovering himself that's how he he explained it. Like he many of us did. Mm -hmm. Say it again. Yeah, like many of us did, we took that time to discover yes. some new things. Yes, he he really took the time to um, really look into himself, and and he's made some life changes. He um he changed his eating um, behaviors and the type of food that he eats. He's uh spent a lot of time in devotions and exercising and he you know he's he's a he's a slender he's underweight um so all of these things are very important to him and all of these things impact um how he sees himself and who he is in addition to um how he was raised so you um when we talk about each one of them who they are a lot of other influences, the parenting, the lack of parenting, uh, the observations of other people's, uh, their friends' parents, um, whatever influences they saw on TV, um, all of those things I've learned, I've learned has influenced them, uh, have influenced them in who they become today. So in terms of each of their personalities, can you just talk a little bit about each of their personalities and how they help to really shape you as a mom 
and just how you how you dealt with their different personalities. Right. Um, so let's start with the oldest one, Corey, the one is 30. Um, he is he's the one that had struggled with who his own identity. He um if you know him, if you get to know him, he's very, he's funny, he's witty, he has real quick wit, um, but he also had a lot of insecurities. He's very thin, um, you know, very lightweight. Um, and so he, he, he often that was bigger, his, his, the way he saw himself was bigger than the, the greatness that he is. Mm -hmm. And, when I look at him, when I look at him as an adult, when I look at some of his inferiorities that he has, I see a lot of myself. And that's one of the things about uh, parenting and my parenthood for me, as I watch my kids, I began to see, who, I began to see myself in each one of them, their strengths and their weaknesses, what they've gleaned from me and what they, who they are naturally as a result of who I am. So he, um, he was the, he's the one that had, he had the least amount of confidence and this year he's, is the most confident I've ever seen him be. Um, he, 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 his confidence, his lack of confidence came from his size. He's tall enough, like he's average 5'10", but he's skinny, very thin, um, and he felt like, you know, females didn't like him and all of these things impacted uh, how he spoke, how he carried himself. He struggled with man-to-man -man relationships. Um, it, it, his father wasn't always around, but when I put other godly men in his presence, he just had a hard time developing a man-to-man -man relationship. How did he, he respond to Lise? How did he respond? What, what were some of his insecurities? What did that look like? What, um, uh, he's, he often, even as a young, just, you know, being a young man, he often kind of acted more like he was a boy and didn't always talk like he was a man. Mm. So listen more than he would engage. Mm-hmm. So then um, how did that, I'm sorry, how did that impact relationship, the male to male relationships? For, um, I think men try to, other men try to make him at ease and let him know that he was good as he was, but he, he just, he would kind of shy away. He would shy away from trying to, to develop it he would rather stay around the people that were most, that he felt was most like him, his mm -hmm. peer group that was most like him. So rather than go around, let's, I'll, let's, we can even just take his peers, his age, rather than go around those ones that were trying to do something like go to college and, or start just anything that he deemed or, viewed as him needing to have more knowledge like I could tell you about a bible study he would he would not really want to go to these they have had men's bible studies 
in the homes. And the men, I knew the men, they were very welcoming, not, they weren't condescending. They took you and they embraced you however and wherever you were. But he felt like because he maybe couldn't quote a scripture or have the dialogue that they had, uh, what was about their careers, about their families, about their aspirations, he would not partake in that. He would never really go to that. Okay. Those types of um, uh, meetings. Okay. Even he was encouraged to. But like I said, this year, he really took the time and I see him developing. I see him being vo more vocal and having a position about things. Hmm. And what do you think that is contributed to? Um, maturity, uh, you know, maturing. Um, he lives, you know, he lives in a townhouse with his brother, his youngest brother, his sister, his oldest sister, she's the oldest, and um, another friend. And he sees, he sees how they live. And now, you know, one of the things that he says to me every day, if, if you know, mom, now I see what you were talking about. Now I understand what you meant when you, you know, when you said this, now I see why you got on us about cleaning and, and staying organized. Now, you know, he, this is what he's saying at 30 mm -hmm. with, his, 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 his siblings and a friend of, of, of his brothers. He sees they're not as neat, they're not as clean, they're not being responsible. And that's frustrating him, that's, it, it makes him upset. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is all the things that I have said to him is coming to his mind now. Right. And he's now, he's, he's carrying it out. And now he's being frustrated like I was <laughs> when I was trying to show him, when I was trying to show them. But that's the beauty of parenting. And this is what God says, you train a child in the way he should grow. When he grows old, he won't depart from it. So we might not always see it when we want to see it. Yes. The seed, you water it, you nurture it. Some part of it will show itself. And that's exactly right. You know, the other part is, you know, he sounds like he was a late bloomer. I don't know, Mr. Wayne, what do you think yes. about that? Because he's 30. I, I honestly don't know if that's the actual age, coming of age for young no. men. <laughs> Mr. Wayne, I wanted him to contribute something to that. Yeah. Okay, maybe he'll... No, no, I heard you. It just broke up a little bit. Could you please repeat that, please? Uh, I was saying if you could give some feedback about her son and being 30. We talked about him being a late bloomer. What do you think yeah. is a late bloomer for, for young men? You know, I was listening to that and a 25 to 35 is the range. And it all depends on how they come up. And I was listening to how Ms. Talese introduced her sons. And actually, he's doing pretty good. I think so. It, it, it's always interesting how the young men bloom a little bit later than the young ladies, but the men themselves, it just ranges big. Uh oh, he cut out. Areas of their life. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. I said they can be in their 40s and still mature in certain areas of their life, while in uh, the remaining areas, they mature as soon as 25. 
Yeah. So it just it really varies. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I agree. I believe he's definitely a late bloomer when you you know when you look at other I look at other people, his peers, his age the same, you know, in, in, in some kind of ways. It's not like they're settled, you know. His 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 middle brother is more settled, but he knew what he wanted. He met that person that he believes God has brought in his life, um, and so I can speak about him, if you if you like. Yeah, and he's twenty. That's the twenty five year old, right? He's twenty five. Yes. So he's now. Um, when you talk, when you think about you, everybody wants to give their kids all equal opportunity, but each child has their own strength and their own weakness, and you have to kind of. You have to, to me, you have to be mindful of that. Yes. And the kids may not understand it as you're raising them. And so resentment can be created, develop, um, misunderstandings can occur. And that's why a lot of conversation and communication has to take place. Mm -hmm. um, because um, they're, you know, each one of them are different. So Cameron, Cameron at a younger age, you know, he showed, he, you know, he's artistic. His father is artistic. I, I am artistic. So he gleaned, he got that from us, you know, and it's not to say that Corey and Christian aren't, but I didn't see it at the same time that I saw with Cameron. So I saw Cameron at a young age and teachers saw certain gifts in him. And when they saw it, they capitalized and they had they they wanted to make sure that he got exposed. And every time a teacher brought something to my attention, Cameron was selected to go to um, Washington D.C. for a National Young Leaders Conference in the fifth grade. Then he was selected to go when um, Barack Obama was uh, elected president in 2008. He was uh, he was um, selected to go to the inauguration. He had these he had these um, opportunities, and I allow him to partake in them. Mm -hmm. See where how at a very young age he was kind of uh, you know, kind of groomed along a certain path. Now Corey was athletic. Corey was musically inclined. Like at at nine months old, he could feel the rhythm of a, of, of of a beat, and he could move to it. And I might say, and I, I do, I'm sorry, I have to shift back to him real quick. No, go ahead. When, I think about when he was nine months old, Corey was very like a, a beat, a rhythm, and that people were very impressed at how he could catch a beat and he could move to it. And he's a good dancer, but I didn't catch that. Mm. I didn't, I mean, I caught it, catch it. I didn't catch it to cultivate it. I just called it, I just caught it. Now, why didn't I cultivate that like I cultivated Cameron uh, with his talent? Um, other I think, so do you think Cameron's talent was cultivated more than your other sons? Uh, yes, because his was a lot more academic, where Corey's, Corey was more, you saw the, uh, it, it wasn't academic. It was something else. 
It was just, it, you know, he was such, he was a baby doing these things. And then I didn't see it. I saw it and then I didn't see it again. But at the time I didn't, you know, I, I this, this is the part of the parenting that where I missed. Mm-hmm. I was, so I didn't, I wasn't totally engaged in my son like I probably should have been or could have been because I was lacking something. And some that happens a lot with p- single parents. You know, um, I thought I was being a good mother and I don't think that I, I, it's not that I wasn't, but there's a lot of things that I missed. And that, I think that was one of them because Corey is very much into music. Corey writes, he writes lyrics. He's a great, he really is a very talented artist. Um, and because he's a late bloomer and because that wasn't cultivated and partially because they kept certain things from me as well because I raised them in the church. So whatever they were listening to, whatever they might wanted to write, they may not have thought they could have brought it to me. Mm-hmm. So it didn't get cultivated as early as it could have because he is a very talented. You know what, one thing I may add is the, the whole speed of trust as it relates to mothers connecting with their sons when they go through puberty. Because it's interesting, as both parents, you're, you're giving them direction when they're younger, and it's one-way direction to them, more audible, and in your actions. But as you know, when they get older, they go by your actions. But also, particularly for sons, they're trying to identify with that male person. So, And as a mother's relationship to their son, it's going to change a little bit, because a lot of it has to do with just, like you said, staying engaged and listening to their answers and find out what's going on with them. But what I've seen is a lot of mothers continue to try to give direction to their sons when they get past puberty and it's in one ear and out the other because now the son is feeling, well, she doesn't understand where I'm coming from or she doesn't understand where I'm going through. So it's interesting to to hear you say how you felt your level of engagement may or may not have been there when maybe it was just that shift wasn't there to go into more listening mode because each son is different and each male has to identify with their male counterparts some way, somehow. Yeah. Mm, good point. Yeah. So Cameron, you know, um, there's the, you know, Cameron was, um, he, he had, like I said, he had, he had this artistic ability. He, he could draw, but he also learned you know, he, 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 he embraced education, even though all the boys would tell you they hate school, but he embraced education the most, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it became a little easier where Corey, he really had to work. Um, so as Cameron was cultivated along the way, uh, it just continued. And then I noticed that, so he was in a public school and I noticed, okay, he needs to be challenged. So I moved him to a private school and, and within that private school, like a private Christian school and within that private school, now where I was bringing him from, one of the first things they said, oh, you know, uh, kids that usually come from that school district, they really struggle in math. He probably might not do well. Well, they skipped a boy a grade. <laughs> he might not do well. He did just fine. Um, they skipped him a grade. Then it was time for him to go. So he skipped seventh grade. So then it was time for him to go to uh, high school. And 
public school district from whence he came. And um, he there, he, you know, he played lacrosse. He, and I would have never thought he played lacrosse. He played football because we always had him in township leagues, but he played lacrosse, he played football. And then my sister was like, come on, let's try him at this school, which was called the Hunt School of Princeton. And it was a private boarding school. It was a prep preparatory school. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was private, but it was more of a preparatory school. And there is a difference. I've, I've learned that there is a difference between private and prep schools. So it was a preparatory school and he stayed there. His, uh, 10th grade year because he was in the 10th grade when we when we sought this and they gave a certain amount of money and my mom helped the first year and then I took care of the remaining years at that school he I just saw this person that I didn't know so he he got into theater so we're all at his first play and I'm looking at his brothers like did y'all know he could act <laughs> no then he And they were like, no. Then he was singing. I was like, well, who said? I didn't know he could sing. Then he started dancing. And he was the one that, the least dancer. He was the most stiffest person, but he was up there dancing. And so I, this, this young man, no, he was still a boy. This boy, I didn't know my, as my son. Mm -hmm. So- but Thought I was in tune with him. Right. So this is the one that went away to boarding yes. school and yeah. who is really probably the one who is most in tune with who he is. Would you agree? Surprisingly, no, I wouldn't. Really? No. So, so he's, don't get me wrong. He's in tune with himself. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so he's married. Let me, I'll hold off on the marriage part. He's in tune with himself to a degree. He has, he, he has a level of confidence that is like up here, but the same level of confidence as he has is the same level of insecurity he has at the same time. Mm. In certain so, areas. I said, I'm, huh in certain areas of his life yes yes like you could be so confident right here and then all of a sudden you you're not mm -hmm. and so you know i have to you know i would talk with him through that it's very interesting i never saw nothing like it in my life but he you know but he's but he he has a, a there's a confidence and there's an arrogance that comes with this this particular young man mm -hmm arrogance that he has um and that's genetic on his dad's side <laughs> so really I'm, i mean really i've seen him you're right yeah he that's genetic on his father's side that really happens um but he 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 has he does get things done he gets things done and he has his he has his own level of motive of motivation now when it comes to him being married um he esteems his wife like her thoughts and sometimes it's like he doesn't have thoughts of his own um and that you know that concerns me because it's like you i understand you're married and the two shall become one and i get that um but your thoughts don't have to be 
always her thoughts. Like, I need you to know as a man, you need to have your thoughts too. And she can, you know, be a part of your thoughts as well. So that's what I noticed about him um, on the insecurity side. He esteems her like she knows so much more than he does. She, I think he feels that way. Mm. And I'm not sure like where he gets that from. I, all of it, I believe is their father on a regular basis and whatever he can contribute to their manhood. I think a lot of that, um, whatever I was going through in different as aspects of my life, um, I, I can say, I, I strongly believe as a parent, you have a parent who, who uh, is all about their kids and there's nothing about themselves and they're all in and they make sure their kids have everything they need and they, they'll take care of themselves later. Then you have the parent who, this is kind of how I would like it myself. I was about my children. I wanted to make sure that I could provide for them, but I wasn't all the way whole myself. So because I wasn't all the way whole, they lacked. Mm. They, they, they lacked because I lacked and I couldn't give them whatever I didn't have. Um, so. And, so I, in what area, can you give an example of that? Yeah, yeah. So I had, I matured from one child to the next. Each child I got a little bit better at certain areas. So I didn't grow up with a lot of affection. So with my first son, I wasn't as affectionate. I wasn't, I didn't hug, I didn't kiss. I didn't grow up with, I love yous. You know, um, did I doubt? I didn't doubt that I was loved. I believed I was loved, but I didn't hear it. And so I had to like work at that. And he brought it to my attention. Mom, like you never really hug, hug us. And I see my friend his, and his mother's always hugging on him and saying, I love you. So I had to start doing that because he brought it to my attention. But I knew that it came from a place, you know, um, my oldest, he would, he could uh, like, he could just like touch me on my arm and that would make me cringe. That would make me cringe. Mm. Like I would want to just I would be like, stop. But he didn't understand why I was doing it, but I was touched inappropriately. So I didn't like to be touched. Mm -hmm. I didn't like to be touched. That affected how I raised my kids. And I never said to myself, I never said to myself, um, all right, uh, let me back up. I, this is, I, I'll take something from my child. So I said, I wasn't told I love you. But I never said to myself, when I see my, when I have my kids, I'm going to make sure that I tell them that I love them. Like that didn't, that thing didn't stick out to me, mm -hmm. but I was raised, you know, no talking back, but I would get in trouble for things that I didn't do, but I couldn't explain that it wasn't me because that was talking back. So that impacted me. So I said, when I have my children, they're going to have a voice and I allow them to have a voice. So it's like, there are things that impacted me, but that I didn't focus on that had an impact on how I interacted with my sons 
And then there are things that impacted me that I did focus on that also impacted how I interacted with my sons. So I was mindful that I got in trouble for stuff that I didn't do because I couldn't say that I didn't do it. So I knew that when I had my kids, we weren't, we, they were going to be able to have a voice. But I never said, oh, my mom never says she loves me. My dad never says he loves me. It just never, you know, that just was never something that I focused on that I felt impacted me, but it did because yeah. I never, I, I won't say I never, cause I do, I tell my sons, I love them. I give them hugs. I call them as, you know, often as I can. Yeah. And that could be something because you didn't realize it, you know, at the time, right. which is, we always say we did the best that we knew to do with the information that we had at the time. And I think many right. mothers, many of us, we make decisions based off of our own childhood. And we say, I'm not gonna raise my children like that. Um, right. I remember my daughter not long ago, she said she wasn't going to uh, whoop her kids until she just kept um, my nephew for a couple of months. And she didn't wanna whoop him because she felt like he got too many whippings. But she figured out that was uh, not going to work because he needed a little something, something to get the point across. Right. So, right. I mean, we, we live and we learn. And that sounds like what you did, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Lise, we can actually go on with yours. I want to do another one. I want to just take another okay. few minutes um, because these can go for an hour easily. But I've learned it's best mm -hmm. to like break them up because you have okay. so many uh, different topics within one topic, one conversation talking to you. It's really hard to just get everything. And we can really talk about your book because all of this goes back to your book. And one yeah. thing that you, you just mentioned was how, you know, basically there was some emotional um, you were lacking emotionally and yeah. as a result, you know, probably your oldest son was the recipient, you know, of that. And then you learned more and more and more, but, yeah. you know, the piece of that is with the mothers that we work with at Dr. Leslie Inspires, that is one of the goals for us to help women figure out where, what is that? I'll, I always ask the question, what is it within you that is causing you to do that? Because many times, whatever it is that we say we're not going to do, it can backfire. You know what I mean? Right. It can backfire. Yeah. The kid can be like 10 times worse than what you thought. Yeah. But that was the decision that you made. So let me ask you this. Do you are you happy with the decision that you made to give your children a voice? Um, yeah, uh, yes, I am. I am. I mean, other people may, they have, I've been criticized for it, you know, and it wasn't that they just had a voice to say whatever they want, when they want it and how they want it to. It was a voice to say that you're a person, you have an opinion, you have a thought, you have feelings. Um, how do I teach you how to speak if I don't let you speak? Mm. Um, uh, 
So for some people, it's like, why are you even asking him what he thinks or what he feels or what he wants? He's a kid. Do what you just do. All you need to do is do what you say. Okay. Yeah, he does. But I still would like to know what his thought is because he, he is still a person. He's not a robot. Do what I say, you know, um, but there are times, you know, there have been times when, okay, you know, watch your tone. Um, you might want to choose a different set of words, but it's all that also helped me to help them to work on their communication skills. Corey struggles with communication. Yeah, and you're also giving him some kind of a platform to build on versus just yeah. shutting him down and just do what I say and don't say anything. Right. That, he can't grow that way. So that's excellent. Right. Yeah. And 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 you learn. You learn from what to say and what not to say. Um, so I don't regret, no, I don't regret doing that. Um, but like I said, I have been criticized for it and I don't, I don't just, I wouldn't just say, Hey, yeah, just go let your kids say whatever. No, if I were to tell a parent or I'm telling you parents, you know, your children do have voices and there is a time and a place and a way that that voice should be expressed or can be expressed, but it is to be heard. Yeah. It is to be heard because you can't teach them if you don't even know what they want to say. And you yeah. can't just spoon feed them everything to say because they will be their own individuals and then you want them to know how to think for themselves that you know is so important i'm sorry go ahead please yeah, no i was just saying you want to one of these i tell my sons you know i was in my 40s trying to figure out who i am because i did my life was spent doing what i was told to do without my own thought about what i wanted to do and if i even like what i was told to do I don't want them to be, I want them to discover who you are, what you like, what don't you like. So. Wow, that's good. That's really, really good. Outstanding. I applaud you for that. That's outstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of things that you have said tonight um, in just this casual conversation, a lot of mothers struggle. You may think that you're just talking but I get comments and emails every day by just little things that mothers hear in these podcasts that they're just so thankful, you know, because most of the women that listen, they want to know that they are not alone in their struggle. And so I think some of the things that you said tonight help, uh, help mothers to realize that they are not alone. You've got four children and you did it, you know, it, it was tough at times, not just, you know, financially, but I would say financially, emotionally, um, physically, you know, a lot of those things that we go through, you still had to get up every day and make sure four children were three, four, a very long time till the fourth one popped up, but three children, you had to make sure that they had what they needed based off of what you knew to give them. And you did it. They each have their own story, but as a result, you have a story to share with other women. 
And that makes you a phenomenal woman, you know? And, and I think you need to be told that you need to be celebrated because I mean, the stories that I hear daily, uh, Talise, you know, some, some women, they want to give up because they have one son, maybe, maybe two. And it's very, very hard. It's very hard. So I commend you for getting through that with, with three young men, uh, and I would say successful young men in their own right, and one young lady, and you made it happen. So um, as we close, can you give us some closing remarks? Um, well, let me just ask Mr. Wayne first. Is, is there anything else you wanted to say to Talise before we give her the closing remarks for what would you say to a woman who may be struggling with one, two, or, or three sons? So we'll give it to Mr. Wayne first and give it to you, Talise. Well, first of all, I'd like to applaud Ms. Talise for her work. I mean, she's done such a great job. And even though our sons may not be perfect in our eyes, they still uh, have a good foundation to grow on in those areas where we see development needed. So I, I think it's good that you have done what you've done. The thing I would encourage is to make sure that those areas that you see, the wisdom of a mother, that they still need to develop to make sure they sync up with that male figure, but not just that male figure, but a good, healthy male. They, and I say this very carefully because even though they have a father, some, some uh, things that they need to grow in may take someone else, an uncle or a pastor or something like that, because that father may not be strong in that area, whether it's money management or confidence, swag, what have you. That's important to have as a male but, and so it's important as you identify that to just continue to listen, stay engaged with the son and find ways to encourage them to get to that next level as you see their growth needed. But great job though. I, I do applaud her for what she's done. Thank you. Absolutely. Talise? Yeah. Um, so what I would say, let me start with uh, single parents. Um, be honest with yourself. Know, know your strengths and weaknesses. Know what, you, know what you're missing in yourself, what you're searching for. Because if you know that, then you'll either know what you have to give your sons and, or what, um, what you have to get for yourself so that you can give to your sons. Um, another thing that I would say is um, allow, allow, allow people to help you allow other male figures to be examples and and try to talk to your sons and let them know that you know whether their father is there or not there that any male that wants to uh give something to them whether it's a word of encouragement whether it's coaching what no whatever embrace that because if your own father isn't doing it but someone on the outside is willing that's something very valuable Mm -hmm. The other thing that, that I would say is um, balance. You, you, it's, it's hard to balance. Like if you got, it's like balancing a basketball on your finger, you know, uh, you, you may not have those two parents, but you need to have a, a healthy balance. You need to um, know when to encourage and when to 
correct. Um, don't try to overcompensate for something that you feel they're lacking. They always need correction. They always need boundaries and they always need nurture. They don't need more of one or the other. They need them. Even if one is lacking, they need a still a healthy balance. And that's probably one of the greatest lessons that I've learned in terms of being a mother. Um, teaching has, has helped me to see more of that. Balance is important. Nurture, correction, encouragement. They need all of those things. You can't over, yes. do not overcompensate. You overcompensate, you're about to create something that is going to be hard to control. Yes. Wow, very, very good. Well, Ms. Talese, thank you so much for joining us today. We will, uh, we'll have to schedule again for you to come back and we'll talk about something different or pull on another topic that you talked about tonight. They just go so fast. And um, we, we just had a really good time in talking to you. So I'm going to close out. Uh, actually, Mr. Wayne, can you close us out in prayer? I'm sorry, while he's coming back on. Okay. Don't forget to join. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Wayne. Uh, you can join us. You can um, follow us on our website, www.drlesleyinspires.com. You can also join our private Facebook group, The Sun Rescue Method for Moms. And you can follow us on Instagram, Dr. Leslie Inspires. Uh, also, when you hear our podcast, feel free to subscribe. Also, give us a five-star review and... Let us know what you think. Share it with someone. So we thank you. And Mr. Wayne, can you close us out in prayer? Yes, dear Heavenly Father, we come before you again, just thanking you for uh, the notes on balance that we've learned, the notes on engagement that we've learned and ways that we continue to improve in building a strong relationship with our son. Ms. Talese has given us some very good examples on things she's done well, but also shared things that could be better and so we thank you for that. And we thank you for the principles from Dr. Leslie Inspires. We hope that these things are things that will continue to sow seeds into our young men so that they may create good leadership for their families. And then they will continue to sow seeds even further. So again, we love you and we thank you. It is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Talise. We'll talk again oh, yeah. so we can schedule you. Reset. Okay. All right. Thanks, Talise. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dr. Leslie Inspires. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Also, for more content and resources, please be sure to visit our website, www.drlesleyinspires.com. We'll see you in the next episode.